Hello everyone, just before we start today's podcast, I just wanted to take a moment to talk to you very quickly about a subject that is very close to everyone's hearts here at the Formula Nerds, and that is that throughout October it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and as this podcast is going to be released on Friday the 22nd of October, it is Breast Cancer Awareness Day. Breast cancer affects untold numbers of people in the world, and this year alone 55,000 women and 370 men will be told that they have breast cancer with around 11,500 women and 80 of men sadly losing their battle with this disease. I think you'd agree with me, those numbers are staggering, those numbers are way too high, and everyone wants to do everything they can to get those numbers lower. There's, There's many websites all over the world dedicated to helping people suffering and their families, but one that the Formula Nerds particularly feel we should mention is a charity called Maggie's so please do visit www.maggie's.org they offer support to patients they offer support to families and they really really help with getting through this battle with the horrible disease that is cancer so to find out more about the fantastic work that they do please visit their website I'll put their website in the show notes in the link of the podcast below please 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 go and check them out and remember that if you need to help yourself if you're suffering from any form of disease at all if someone you know is please do reach out and get help it makes such a difference and it can save your life it can save someone else's life it it's you have to do it it helps untold numbers so throughout october please think about those people suffering from breast cancer think about what you can do to help and please please keep it in your minds and keep it in your hearts thank you very much and enjoy the rest of the podcast Hello everybody and welcome back to the Cut to the Race News Roundup Show, the weekly show covering the news, views and opinions from the F1 world, brought to you by the Formula Nerds News Team. I am joined today just by Jay. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm excited. Formula 1's back again. It's the US Grand Prix. We haven't been. F1 hasn't left Europe or the Middle East since 2019. It feels good to see a race that's on late. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. On late, that prime time, 8 o'clock slot. Across the pond, I am so excited for that. Apologies for the lack of News Roundup show last week. We did record one, but technical issues prevented us posting it. So, but never mind, we're back this week. Me and Jay, rocking the house, rocking the house. We've got a lot of news to talk about. It's been a decent amount of news. And of course, we're going to be previewing, previewing, previewing the American Grand Prix, US Grand Prix. Cota, Austin, Texas, call it what you want. It's in America, it's a Grand Prix, and we can't wait. 2022 calendar has been confirmed and I think it's pretty much as we all expected would you say there's a couple of triple headers in there which I don't think is particularly good but what can you do if you want 23 races in a season they're going to have to happen at some point uh to be fair there was one surprise for me and it was that Imola stayed I know they did mm. say earlier on in the season that they were going to... Yes. Uh, that Imola really was keen, the organisers and the track owners at, at Imola were keen to keep it on the calendar. And it's come at the expense of China. And obviously, does, does that mean that China's out of Formula 1 forever now? Three years is a long time to go without a Grand Prix to just reappear onto the calendar. And then when they reappear, where are they going to reappear? You know what I mean? That means that another sacrifice is going to have to be made. Uh, Saudi Arabia has been moved from the Panama race to the second race of the year. Yes. So... You know, double header in it, or double header in the Middle East to start the season off. That'd be interesting. Uh, you said two double headers. You see, you got the classic one now. I think F1 seems to love. You got the summer break, and then you got Spa, uh, Zandvoort, Monza. I think F1 loved that one. And then there's one. You got two week break after that, and you got another one. You got Russia, Singapore, Japan, which is some serious air miles. To be fair, when you think we're lots of air miles. Singapore and Japan. Honestly, fair. Not not as bad as um. A couple of weeks time when F1 goes from Mexico to Brazil, which in itself is a lot of air miles, all with the Qatar. That is ridiculous. That is probably the craziest trip header ever, and I'm surprised that they didn't put Qatar as a like a triple East, triple Middle East, and double header. That'd be far too sensible. Trip triple header, exactly. F1 like to make things hard. Um, Miami's in there, round five. Miami making its debut, Formula One as well. That'll be interesting to look out for. Quite a gimmick race, I feel. But um, yeah. yeah, Australia, Australia's back. Singapore's back. I love Singapore. Japan well, back. maybe. Singapore and Turkey seem to be vying for that slot mm. on the 2nd of October. I would I would quite like to see Singapore back, I'm not going to lie. 
I think if Singapore can host it and there's no sort of COVID issues, I think Singapore will host that one. Australia's back. Um, no longer start the season though. Bahrain is still maintaining its slot as the season opener. I think it's. I quite like that. I like Bahrain as an yeah. opener. and it's a night race and it's, and it's a good track. You can overtake there. I feel like Australia is a bit processional, and uh, Canada's yeah. back and everyone else Canada. So plenty of old faces, uh, um, a new face as well. So mate, plenty to be excited about. One missing from next year's calendar would be Qatar, which of course is back in 2023 on a 10-year contract. So obviously that's why. Qatar isn't there next year. Um, what do you think about World Imola? Yes, World Cup vibes. Imola, the races aren't great. This year's race was good because of the weather. Well, it was terrible from a Bottas fan's point of view, but it was a good race. But that was because of the weather. The track, eh. The only thing that I'm thinking that might save it is that it's in April. And, I mean, I'm no expert on Italian. April showers. Regions, but, you know, I mean, April showers. I think this year's race was April as well, wasn't it? Was it April? I'm pretty sure it was April. Yes, and I think so. If it's another wet one, then I'm all for it, to be fair. I'm all for it. But, I mean, I, I mean, to be fair, Imola, I quite like Imola on the calendar. It's, like, it's a classic circuit, and I feel like in an age where classic circuits are dying and we're going to sort of modern ones with these vast spans of runoff area, a track with gravel and barriers up close, it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's nostalgic, and I appreciate that. What do you think about two races in Italy? So obviously we've got Monza. Italy's not a very big country to hold two races. It's not like America. Uh, I, do you know what? I'm not too keen on a country hosting more than one race. I'm not, I'm not too keen on Miami and Kota. I think they should stick with Kota. Especially because when you think that two races in one country stops a race in another country, I'd love to see some other countries who were maybe on the calendar reappear i'd love to see some new ones i'd love to see go, go back to africa South africa i'd love to see kailani back on the calendar i'd love to see sepang back on the calendar and another another race in miami takes that away another race uh, imola takes that away because there's already uh, an italian grand prix and an american grand prix and then also i've seen some rumors today that there might be a, a las vegas grand prix three grand prix in america i think that's forcing it it's not indycar we need to get out of the states you know let's keep it global yeah, I saw those. I saw those Las Vegas things. I, I don't know. I don't know about that. A um, couple of other points. Monaco is now Friday, Saturday, Sunday, rather than Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, which I guess Double just header fits as in. Well now as well. Double header. With, uh, That's true. Yeah. Very true. But I suppose that just fits in. Silverstone's a double header with Austria as well. Silverstone's normally a standalone race, so that that's mm. a bit different. And the Did last I... time, sorry, go on. I was going to say, well, do you know what one thing I don't get is why F1 insists on a Baku Canada doubleheader? That is so far away from each other. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And I don't get why they insist on it. And all the teams complain about it, but every single time they do it. I mean, obviously, apart from the last two years because of COVID, but before that as well, it was always Baku, Montreal, doubleheader. And I think that's ludicrous. And, you know, they're, they're, it's great as a fan, but I really do empathise for all these teams. I mentioned this a few weeks 100%. ago. Dan Jury, Senior Systems Engineer at Red Bull. Uh, at engine mode position five on Twitter, put a brilliant tweet out just to show how stressful it is for teams. And from that, I really do empathise with the amount of effort the teams have to go to. Um, the other thing I was going to mention was it's the last race in Sochi before the Russian Grand Prix moves locations as well. So hopefully that goes out oh. on a on a high. Also, as I was say before we move on, the se the, the season ends relatively quickly for modern F1 standards. It ends, I think, November twenty second. And there's 23 mm. races, which is a record. It starts at a similar time. So they've got to squash 23 races into such a small space of time. I, th I think it's ending early because of the World Cup in Qatar. And they obviously don't want to be competing in such a global tournament. But yeah. to fit that many races in such a short amount of time, the second half of the season, post-summer break, looks absolutely manic. And I would not want to be a member of them teams. No, it is tough. It is tough. Anyway, moving on from 2022. New cars, new regulations, new races. I can't wait for it. Um, Adrian Newey is back. Helmet Marco confirmed recently with Sky Germany that Adrian Newey missed a few races as he recovered from a bike accident. He recently returned to the Milton Keynes outfit and immediately spotted what was wrong with the car and why they'd been underperforming slightly as of late. Firstly, hopefully Adrian Newey's okay. Secondly, it shows how much of a difference he makes to that team. He is... He's like the conductor of the orchestra, isn't he? And without a conductor, it's all out of tune, it's all out of sync. Beautiful so. analogy, Jay. Thank Beautiful. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'd be lying if I said I've been thinking it over the last half an hour. But, um, 
yeah, and no, it's good to see him back. Hopefully, it means that Red Bull might be a bit closer to Mercedes. Because I think the last few races, Mercedes have definitely had the edge over them. So it'll be interesting to see whether Red Bull can make them gains. Although Cota is a very, 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 very much track. That's not even English, sorry. Cota <laughs> is a track that is very much suited to um, Mercedes. They've won, I think, all but one race there in the Hyper Turbo Hybrid era. Obviously, big up Kimi Raikkonen, winning 2010 Ferrari. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see whether they can be competitive with Merck at Cota. Uh, yeah, I hope they can. I hope they can. It's, you know, and then we go Mexico afterwards, don't we? So I, supposedly yeah. that's a Red Bull track. I think Mexico and Brazil, the staff needs to really stretch his legs over Hamilton because I can see. Actually, I mean, maybe Qatar. Qatar might see Red Bull. I can see every day really suit Mercedes, especially with the new changes at um, Abu Dhabi. So Max needs to, you know, really make some gains in those in that triple header. Yeah, he does. Um, your Wi-Fi cut out slightly there, but it's fine. Everyone got what you meant. It was clear enough. Um, what do you think of Christian Horner saying that Max was knocked out and that his seat broke during his Silverstone crash? He's just kind of, what's the saying, banging the same drum? I don't really know, but he's still banging going on about that Silverstone crash. Oh, I don't know. I mean, Move you know, on. it's mind games. Move on, I mean, these, these guys are at the top of their game and any kind of advantage you can get over a rival, especially when it's as close as it's been this year, can benefit you. So I'm sure Christian knows what he's doing. I'm sure he's a mastermind. Yeah, I mean, he did say that the more Toto Wolf gets rammed up, the more fun he has. So suppose that's not suppose that's not surprising. Um, he's a, Pierre... He's, he, he, I think he's what people call, sorry, people call a, a certain house, a, a word that is going to get us... Uh, Took on Spotify, but you know what I mean. Say it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I will. I will definitely bleep that out. Um, your man Pierre Gasly. He said that he thinks he deserved a better chance in 2022 at Red Bull Racing, and I have to say, I agree with him. You've you've got to agree with him. You've got to think that when he when he came to Red Bull, he was still very young in his career. He hadn't had many races under his belt. He, he's what? He's, he's at Toro Rosso for a year? For a year? Which is not yes. long at all. A year and, and a few races. A few races, yeah. So, when we look at him now, he's, he's a race winner. He's, he's a multiple-time podium finisher. He is probably, other than Norris, the most informed driver in Formula 1 currently. Is that fair to say, would you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, yep. he, so he's he's having a brilliant season, Gasly, and I think he is the best of the rest who aren't the rest. If that makes sense. So obviously you got you got the, the you you got the two top teams, Red Bull, Mercedes driver, Bottas, Hamilton, Verstappen, Perez, uh, uh, and up there. Norris is doing obviously amazingly to be beating Perez, and then you got Ricardo, uh, signed Leclerc. But if if you sort of take the assumption that the AlphaTauri, the Aston Martin, and the Alpine are all sort of similar in terms of pace. Gasly's ahead. He's thrashing Sonoda. I mean, I know Sonoda's not being very good this year, but he's a man on an absolute mission. P4 Zandvoort. That is not discussed enough. Yeah, even P6 in Turkey with a penalty, which probably could have been P5 if he wasn't. That that was a ridiculous penalty by the FIA, by the way. So yeah, he's, an absolute, he's on absolute flames. So it's it's tough, but I feel like Helmut Marco. He just doesn't like him anymore. So I think Gasly's future, as I've always said, is outside of the Red Bull program. I'd, I'd love to see him replace Lewis at Merck when Lewis moves on in potentially mm. two years' time. But that's an interesting take. Gasly we'll and see. Russell, that's, a that's, that's a good lineup, though, isn't it? It's a good yeah. lineup. Anyway, anyway, um, Andretti Sauber takeover. There's been a lot of chat there, and it's still a strong rumor. And if Andretti were to take over or buy a significant stake in Sauber, Colton Herter would seemingly be in pole position to get that second seat. He is 21 and he is killing it in IndyCar. So I don't think there's any excuse to say that he doesn't deserve the seat. But do you think this takeover is going to happen? Very good possibility to. I think in previous years, Andretti was keen. Mario Andretti, of course, he's the son of the Michael Andretti. No, that's wrong. Michael Andretti, son of Mario Andretti, who was the obviously uh, world champion back in the day. Uh, he was keen on... Like come, uh, joining F1, obviously they've got programs in what, Extreme E, Formula E, IndyCar, Indy Lights, all these other um, forms of motorsport, but not Formula One. And I think the cost before was a big issue for him. 
this or next year uh, and like the cost caps and the new cars and I think Liberty Media really sort of focusing on sustainability within Formula One both financially and environmentally I think it's given him the green light and to, to take over a team which already has really good facilities in Switzerland like really good wind tunnel all of that it makes from a business point of view it makes perfect sense to take over a team who, who are obviously willing to be taken over rather than like starting his own team and having these huge startup costs you get all, we get all the facilities as well so it wouldn't surprise me if it happened and imagine and the Andretti name back in Formula 1 That'd be pretty cool. I'd like to see that. Um, Herta would really push Bottas as well. He would push Bottas a lot more than Guan Yu Zhou would push Bottas. I think. That's an interesting take, that. That's an interesting take. He's dominating. Well, he's not dominating, but he's brilliant in IndyCar. Mm, I'm still gunning for Nick DeVry, but whatever. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're you're just holding on to that last little bit of hope regarding Nick DeVry. I don't think think he's getting a seat. I think... Andretti coming into Formula One, like you said, uh, reopens the door for an American driver. And I think Formula One, obviously, American owned by Liberty Media, would love an American driver to really bolster that. We've got two races in America, two American teams. American driver will probably be there on top of the cake. Roman Grosjean has unveiled his new autobiography, which is called La Mort en Face. I'm so sorry for that, but the pronunciation. Facing oui, death. Oui, oui. Facing death is what it means, is the English translation to it. Um, Throughout the book, Grosjean opens up about the bad times, the good times, the politics, struggles from his early days in the sport, and all the main events that shaped his career along the way, as well as some stories from his wife. And obviously, it offers an emotional account of the incident at the 2020 Bahrain Grand Prix. Everyone knows what I'm talking about there. I don't need to explain. And Grosjean has confirmed that this book will be translated into English, so everyone listening along, no matter what country you're in, whether it's England, Spain, America, Australia, China, Singapore, you can all read it. Uh, do you know what I love this? That you named uh, three English-speaking countries. But uh, it'd be cool to see uh, Grosjean. I think Grosjean is a very interesting character, character as well, especially before his crash. I think people had the perception that he was like this brash driver. He was careless and a bit reckless. And obviously he had clashes with Magnussen. He's caused quite a few big crashes before when he was maybe a bit younger. But his junior career is ridiculously good. His CV is ridiculously good. And obviously you you don't have that kind of them that kind of accolades he has, such as like GP two champion by being a bad driver. So I don't know. Like when I look back on Grosjean's career in Formula One, I kinda see it maybe as a a missed opportunity, a driver who maybe didn't fulfil his potential, and that's quite sad. But I mean, I'm sure he can tell it in much better words in his own book. So yeah, that, that, that should be a good read. It'll be a great read. I can't wait till that's translated into English. I'm definitely giving that a read. Uh, what have we got? What have we got? What have we got? Nico Hulkenberg is making his IndyCar debut to test with Aaron McLaren SP. Do you think we'll see him on the grid full time next year? IndyCar grid, not Formula One grid. Um. I wouldn't surprise me. He, he's a big name, so it'd be a very good capture for IndyCar. And I think if he does, I think this test signifies that there is no hope for him in Formula 1 anymore. His career in Formula 1. Yeah, Formula. sadly. I think agree. it's like a... It's the checker flag in his career. Like, there was maybe the odd chance, and I mean, obviously he was still a test driver for Aston Martin and all that, but I think a commitment to IndyCar it definitely signals the end. It's like... I don't know... Like, a bit like what Formula E is. It's like IndyCar, you either go there because you can't get to Formula 1 or you go there because you've been in Formula 1 and you've left Formula 1. It's like F1 driver retirement home. And I feel like F, uh, Hulkenberg is retired from Formula 1. Yeah, I think this was this was always going to happen. You know, Hulkenberg had one chance last season to prove why he should be on the grid in the future and he popped it P3 in qualifying in a racing point. So he did everything I think he, he could. he proved it. He proved it. It's just, I think it's just obviously not, not enough seats and so talented drivers and Maybe there's certain drivers on the grid who probably don't deserve to be there as much as Nico Hulkenberg. But isn't it crazy? Like, he was such a well, good I wonder, driver. I wonder what driver you're thinking of. Is it is it someone that drives for Haas that isn't called Mick Schumacher? No, no, he drives for Mercedes and his nickname is um, Lewis. Well, his name is Lewis. No, I'm joking. Of course, Hulkenberg, yeah, it, it, it is who you said. But, I don't know. N- never got a podium, Hulkenberg. Like, we're saying about um, Grosjean just now. It is a driver who probably didn't fulfil his potential because he was so consistent. And I mean, to be fair, maybe it's, it's hard on him that he didn't get a, uh, an opportunity with a top team. But I don't know. I 
don't know. He's don't got know. like nine podiums, hasn't he, Grosjean? Something like that. No, Grosjean does. So Hulkenberg has no podiums, does he? No, sadly. So I'm not. saying like it's a it's a career that maybe didn't quite really should have done, but I don't know. He's a very good driver. I'm not sure he'll do it in IndyCar. So, so, uh, so do I, even, so do I. Uh, F2 and F3 have a new point system for 2022. In 2021, they they introduced a new format with a lot less races. F2 and F3 were on separate weekends, and there were three races per weekend. Sorry, a lot less rounds, which resulted in three races per weekend. It wasn't very popular, and viewing figures dropped quite a lot. So, um, do you want much, to, what's it? happened? It yeah, what much. they're doing next year. too much. Well, they've gone back to the race format, thankfully. Um... I think F2's got more rounds, F3's got fewer rounds. I think F3's in about 8 or 9, F2's got 14. Um, but they've just come On the same F2. weekend as well. Same weekend, but they've come back to the same races. The sprint race, though, I feel like they're just giving out points. They're just going, you know, have some points. So the top 10 in a sprint race, which is obviously reverse code from the qualifying session, which obviously sets the future race. You keep it up with me? Keep it up with me? Good. I'm keeping so, up. I'm, yeah, keeping up. I'm, struck- I'm struggling. Race, they get 10 points from basically, so you get uh, first gets 10 points, second gets 9 points, third gets 8, down to 10th getting 1 point. I think, do you not think that's a bit too many points being given out? Um, I get what they mean, because obviously, like, it, like, it's the top 10 get reversed, uh, the grid gets reversed, but I feel like you can't be giving out points willy nilly. I mean, like, you've got to be earning points. Yeah, I was, yeah, I mean, you know, I suppose if it's just the same for the grid, they could give out 100 points for a win for all it matters. The, the championship will still be decided exactly the same. difference between first and second. I don't know how I feel about that. One point. Is it one point? Yeah. Nine, I didn't know that. That's ridiculous. Second gets nine points and first gets ten points. When you think about it. Like, oh, that's second, stupid. That's if stupid. If you're second in the race, and let's say you've qualified higher than the person who's first, so obviously you'll start higher in the future race on, on the Sunday. What incentive do you have to try a, a risky move, especially a try like Monaco, if it was ever take? You don't even have one for the sake of one point. Nah, it's not worth it. I feel like the point system is a bit too generous there. I didn't it's know like that. That is absolutely game. stupid. In F1, it's seven, isn't it? The difference. Well, the so the, the the feature races follow the F1 points, but it's just, it's just the sprint races that. Yeah, that. but even so. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I love F2 and I love F3, but. Come on, no one's going to go... Yeah, as you say, no one's going to risk... And move, you know, at the moment, send it. Yeah. Max and Lewis are six points apart, I believe, which everyone's going, oh my God, they're so far apart. They're less than a race win, which shows how close this season is. If it was one point, it's just boring. Mate, if you, do you know what? I think after this weekend, it'll be one point. Maybe. In Maybe. favour of Hamilton, which is a little prediction. Oh, save your prediction, Jay. Save your prediction, Jay. Um, have I missed any news? Any news you can think of? Bottas and Hakkinen. That's it. Oh, yes. So they are. Bottas and Hakkinen are racing together in the race of champions. I can't wait. I'm well excited for that. Do you know what? It's great because it's Finland's best ever Formula 1 driver and Finland's fourth best Formula 1 driver. And Mika Hakkinen. Oh, damn it. <laughs> nah, mate, no. It's, it's Hakkinen. Then it's Raikkonen, then it's Kovalainen, and then it's Bottas. Oh, <laughs> ouch, ouch. Don't forget Heike, my guy. Anyway, um, yeah, so race champions, they're teaming up for Team Finland, and it's in Sweden, which isn't too far. But, and it's on snow and ice, which I think is really going to suit um, the Scandinavian drivers, so I predict good things for them. Yeah, so do I. I can't wait to see that. That's a great team, and I'm looking forward to that. Let's preview the American Grand Prix. It's this weekend. The uh, last one was in 2019. We didn't go there last year because of coronavirus, and it was won by... Who is it won by? 2019? Mr. Well, Valtteri think... Bottas. Yeah, I know you knew. I knew that. I knew that all along. Yeah, and then 2018 that. was won by Kimi, which was his last ever win in Formula 1. So, so sad. Maybe, maybe he should win again this weekend. That, that would be a real turn off. That that really would that would be a plot twist. Um, there's a few new rules and new enforcements coming in this weekend, so I'll just go through those quickly. Uh, F1 have a new rule for double waved yellow flags in practice and qualifying sessions for this weekend. Good. Any driver in a double yellow sec oh, will automatically easy. have their lap time deleted, um, which was suggested after Fernando Alonso's qualifying incident in Turkey. Are you pleased to see that? Yeah, I mean, look, we can't have drivers taking liberties and just ignoring yellow flags. Obviously, liberties, liberty media, great pun there. Yeah, we 
go. I mean, I, I'm so good. I don't. I don't even do it. I do it without thinking about it. Anyway, yeah. Um, we, we, we kind of drivers dismissing yellow flags. We need them to be respectful of them. Obviously, there's marshals there putting their lives at risk for this. So, mate, I'm all for it. Anything which is improved safety, I'm always for. Um, practice starts have to take place on the asphalt on the left-hand side of the fast lane at the pit exit, and for the avoidance of doubt, this includes any time the pit exit is open for the race. Do you think they've added that last line in purely as a result of Lewis Hamilton at Sochi 2020? Yeah, I mean, it is, isn't it? Otherwise, I, I feel like the, the issue with I have with the FIA is that they're not very proactive. You know, it's like we always... Very reactive, aren't they? Exactly. We're waiting for something bad to happen, and then make a change. Well, to be fair, that was ages ago now, so I'm surprised that hasn't been brought in sooner. Yeah, so am I, but better late than never, I guess. Uh, yeah. Track limits, turn 9 and turn 19 seem to be the two. Turn 19, mate. I don't know if you remember, a couple of years ago, an IndyCar race there, and they literally just said to them, if it's great, it's okay. So obviously, turn 19's got a really long runoff area, if, if, if you can picture it, right? It's, the, it's like a second-to-last corner. It's quite a quick corner. And IndyCar, they just couldn't have to place it, so I'm glad everyone's taking a stance. Yeah, what um, term was it? Do you remember? I believe it was 2018. It could have been 19 or even 17. Max dove down the inside of Kimi. It wouldn't uh, have been. It would have been 17, 18. I think. And 18. he yeah. just went off the track on the inside, which is Might, quite rare, and lost his podium. Been, yeah. yeah. I'm surprised yeah, there's nothing. Um, surprised there's well, nothing for like, that corner. Like, it never really happens, does it? Only happens, only happens in that rare instance where he was getting past him. Yeah, yeah no, true. Too, uh, but mate, good, good that F1's cracking down credit. I think track limits is a major issue with modern Formula One. So you know what I mean. Like, I hate when they go, ah, oh, um, keep it on the curb, but the curb's not part of the track. I never understand when they're afraid. <laughs> yeah, you have a point, point there. It's like in like, in like football, there was like, oh, keep it within like one meter of the touchline, but the line's there for a reason. Yeah. So if it goes near the goal, it counts. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's 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 interesting. Um, we're recording this while the press conference is going on, so we may not have all the news from the press conference. One bit of news we do have was that Lewis Hamilton was late for the press conference because he locked himself in his room. He arrived at the press conference and he said, "It's good to be back. Sorry, I'm late. I got locked in my room." The door really wouldn't open. I couldn't get out. No joke. Watermelon. Uh, uh, mate, I don't know how much I buy into that. <laughs> oh, oh. Plot uh, twist. Maybe I Max locked him in. Oh, yeah. Matt, actually, I think if, if anyone was to do it in the paddock, it'd be Christian Horner. So, <laughs> may, maybe it was him. Maybe. Um, Lewis also said he was asked about if he wants F1 to have more than two races in the US. He said... The country could have at least two Grand Prix, but most important for me is to get a race back in South Africa. 2023 has been linked with having South Africa back on the calendar, which I would love to see. Jody Schechter, of course, South African world champion. Of course, of course he is. And South Africa does have quite a big Formula 1 pedigree. Like, I think there was a street track in... Oh, where was it? Where was it, Dan? Well, I mean, it's before our time. You've put me on the spot here. I don't know. I was only born I'm five years ago, according Johanna, to you. Yeah, he was. Uh, it might have been Durban, but don't quote me on that. No, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, I'm not but sure. It was South Africa, and then they obviously had um, Kyle Army. Yeah, hopefully get back to Kyle Army. The thing with Kyle Army is that it's only a grade two circuit, so it's going to need work. But then also, where does it fit in? I know F1 won 25 races, but there's, there's so many tracks that could easily host a Formula 1 Grand Prix. There's not enough slots. So what do we do? Well, that's a million-dollar question. We'll leave Stefano Domenicali and Liberty Media to solve that. Daniel Ricciardo gets his drive in Dale Earnhardt's NASCAR number three uh, after his podium bet with Zach Brown. Are you excited for that? Don't know if it'll be on TV, but um, NASCAR's just car driving in circles, so I can't say I'm too excited. Oh, ouch, burn! Please, if you are American and you love NASCAR, or you're from wherever and you love NASCAR, please, Jay's opinions do not reflect that of the Formula Nerds. So please keep listening. <laughs> please, please own. keep listening. Opinions on my own. Um, Kimi Raikkonen in the press conference came out with one of the most Kimi Raikkonen lines that I've ever heard in my life. The question was, Kimi, did you like the way Netflix portrayed you in the Draft to Survive series? Kimi said, I don't know, I didn't watch it. I knew, Which is, I, I knew that. <laughs> possibly the most Kimi answer he could have given. He wasn't, he, he, I don't mean, he, he's not a bother about anything, I don't think he... He I could not he, care less, mate. He could not care less. The only less. thing he does at Formula 1 is driving. 
And if it's not a driver, he's not driving, then he doesn't care. It's just a hobby for him, isn't it? Exactly. Just a hobby for Mr. Kimi Raikkonen. Um, the idea has been put forward recently about sprint races at every Grand Prix. And Mate, the no. F1 conducted a survey and it got an immensely negative reaction. So Dude. that's obviously not going to happen. Get it out. However, I mean, they did say that sprint races have improved the show and split opinion amongst fans. But most of them like it. And they're talking about mm. multiple tyre supplies and refuelling. Mm. I don't want refuelling. I don't want multiple tyre supplies. I do want sprint races at occasional races, but not every race. I think three is enough, personally, sprint races. And yeah, same, same with the tyres. I, I think everyone needs to have equal tyres. And ref, I mean, refuelling, it does add a cool like strategy bit to the race, but it's so dangerous. So unless there's some safe way they can do it, then I'm not really on board until they find that solution. Yeah, it's, I mean, maybe five. Maybe five. Do you think five's too many? Yeah, I mean, I like sprint races because obviously it's something to look forward to on a Friday night, but I don't know. I just don't really see how they've really worked. I mean, when you think Silverstone wasn't that good, Monza was worse. I mean, unless Brazil's going to be really good and it's going to change my mind, I'm not really on board yet. Well, Max and Lewis always seem to crash on a sprint race weekend. Mm, true. So you never know, you never know. What are you most looking forward to about the US Grand Prix this weekend? I'm most looking forward to the run into turn one. I know it's only a very small part of the actual weekend. It's a very small part. I think, to be fair, out of all of the runs to turn one, other than maybe Russia and Mexico, Coates is probably, actually, and Monza, Coates is probably there. But you think about it, that run up the hill, I think that. The way the, the way it's done with the the uh, incline is it is asking for someone to send it up the inside. Remember a couple of years ago, Hamilton and Rosberg when I think Hamilton put Rosberg to like Arkansas, mate. That's what I want to see. So obviously the title battle will go again, but just that if Max and Lewis are on the front row, I can't wait. If Lewis doesn't win this weekend, he's in trouble heading forwards. Mm. He has to he win is. this weekend, or at least he has to outscore Max. I think he has he has to win because obviously you know the, the way the point system's weighted is you get a much bigger uh, what's it point deficit if you finish first compared to like finishing yeah, second. So true. I think, he, I think he needs to win. And I, I mean, let's face it. Where... Sorry, carry on, carry on. I was going to say that this is probably going to be Mercedes' strongest track for the rest of the season. Add on to that left, so he has to come up trumps here. Yeah, let's let's face it. He's not. Max and Lewis aren't going to be fifth and sixth. They're going to be fighting for first. So if Lewis outscores Max, he's going to win the race. Because even if he's second and Max is third, the likelihood is Bottas will be first rather than Perez. And I'm not saying that as a Bottas fan. Unless Kimi does a wonder. The likelihood is Bottas will be ahead of Perez. And I'm not saying that Mm. as a biased Bottas fan. That is genuine fact. And Mercedes Mm. will let Lewis past Bottas. Yeah, well... I, I think Bottas needs to be on his A game. I think I think Mercedes could take one one and two. I think they probably should take one and two. Unless the second drivers will decide this championship. A hundred percent a fact. And at the moment, Bottas is doing a better job. The stats don't lie. Like he is doing a better mm. job. He is. Con- it's a three-way fight for pole every week. Perez is never spoken about in that fight for pole. And although his race crafts very good, his qualifying's not up is, there. Is is Bottas really in the fight? I mean, I know he took pole at um, Italy, and he kind of got pole at Turkey, which isn't really pole because he didn't finish first. But Portugal, but he has popped it on the front row a few times ahead he, of no, Max. Yeah, he can. I mean, I, I think it's more likely for Bottas to beat Verstappen than it is for Perez to beat Hamilton. Let's say. Like oh that. yeah. Has, uh, well, Perez has only beaten Verstappen once this season. Am mm. I right? I think in Imola. Yeah. Yeah. And at the moment, Bottas is doing a better job at being the second driver than Perez. And, you know, last week was the first, or last, was it last week? No, last, two weeks ago, was the first time that Perez has done his job for a very long time. But we'll see. There's still a lot in it. There's still a lot in it. Six races, mate. A little idea I'm going to throw out there. Lando Norris could be quite big in this as well. Do you think Mercedes links with McLaren will in any way? Nah, I don't think, I don't think Norris is yielding at all. I think, I think there'll be a couple times, maybe the rest of this, the rest of the season, especially maybe Mexico, actually not Mexico, sorry, but maybe Brazil, um, USA, and Saudi, where McLaren could be competitive. 
And if they're competitive, mate, I love that. It just throws in another dynamic because I think Lando and Daniel will know that Verstappen and Hamilton can't take them kind of risks. They can't really yeah, defend they too do know that against McLaren. So it wouldn't surprise me if they sneak another win in before this season's done. Equally, um, just a very quick mention, actually, because that just made me think. After Turkey, I saw a load of people on Twitter. Of course, I saw a load of people on Twitter. Horrible, horrible social media platform, that sometimes. Um, moaning at Yuki Tsunoda for getting in the way of the title fight. Yeah, who would have thought that a Red Bull back driver would want Max to win the championship? I just, I couldn't believe it. I was so shocked. I don't even think he's really doing that. Ultimately, he's a racing driver. And the racing drivers are very competitive people. You, you want to keep someone behind you. It's the most stupid thing I've ever heard in my life. How dare oh, Snow to get in the way of the championship? He's keeping his rival behind him. It's his job. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes F1 fans are so entitled. Absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, um, to run you through the press conference order, as I do every week and I forgot to do, but I must stick to tradition, Yuki Tsunoda is with Nicholas Latifi, Charles Leclerc is mm. with Lewis Hamilton, who was mm. late because he got stuck in his room, Kimi Raikkonen is with Fernando Alonso, the wily old foxes are paired mate, together. Might need to get a wheelchair. <laughs> oh, ouch, ouch. Mick yeah, Schumacher's mate. with Lando Norris. Danny Rick, oh, Norris. Danny Rich with Max Verstappen. That's a good pairing. Mm. Antonio Giovanazzi is with Pierre Gasly. Lance Scholes with Battery Bottas. Oh, that'll be a chatty mm. press conference, won't it? Yeah, that'd be really good. <laughs> Sebastian Vettel's with Carlos Sainz. Esteban Ocon is with Nikita Mazepin. And Sergio Perez is with George Russell. Any Ooh. any stand out there massively for you? Other Russell, than... and, Russell and Perez, because they were fighting for that Williams seat, weren't they? Like a little time period last year when we weren't sure whether Perez was going to go to Williams. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. God, that's a throwback, uh, isn't it? Also, Vettel and Sainz, because the reason why Vettel left Ferrari is because Sainz joined Ferrari. So, there you go. There's a couple of interesting ones there thrown in by the powers that be at Formula 1. Yeah, well, you never know. You never know. Right. What do you think is going to happen right. at America this weekend? I... I don't want your prediction yet. I don't want oh. a bold prediction. Just how okay. do you think the weekend is going to play out? I think it will be a Merc 1 2. Oh. I think it will be Ham Bot Ver. How do you think Perez will do? I think it will be Lando or. Probably Lando fourth. I think Perez will come sixth. I think I think McLaren's will get ahead of him. Or, or at least Lando. Do you think it will be a two stop? What tyres are they bringing? I don't know what tyres they're bringing. That's a good question, actually. Let me let me have a quick look at Pirelli. And um, while I look at Pirelli, who do you think is going to finish this weekend ahead in the championship? Well, I guess uh, Hamilton. Hamilton will see, what, a 10-point swing at least? If, if someone takes fastest lap. So, 10-point swing, which, may, which will give him, what, a four-point advantage. So, I don't know. I think the onus is definitely Hamilton and Mercedes to win this weekend. It is a Mercedes-style track, especially with there's two long straights thrown in there as well. So... I think Hamilton, like we said earlier, he needs to win this weekend. He does. Uh, Pirelli are bringing the C2, C3 and C4 compounds. So they're bringing the middle of the range compounds. But tyre stress is a 4 out of 5 on Pirelli's metre. So mm. could I mean, that push that first them? sector, that first sector is pretty tight. It's a killer. You know, a bit of it's a, a killer. killer, isn't it? Them fast sweepers. Yeah, I think I think the top teams will go two stops. Maybe like someone in the midfield might go adventurous. Probably like Esteban Ocon or, or Vettel will go bold and go, you know, let's, let's do a one-stopper. I think it will be a weekend of alternate strategies. I reckon we'll see uh, someone we at one stop and then a and then a hot shot trying to charge through on a two stop, maybe pushing the hards a long way or mediums a long way. See, this is this is where Perez does his job well for Red Bull because he is a tyre absolute wizard. So he can he can mm. really push the tyres and just make Mercedes panic a bit yeah, with the maybe I can maybe <laughs> see like Mercedes in a two stop and. Red Bull leaving Perez out for a one stop and just trying to hold up Hamilton or something like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's and that is before. Yeah. that is where Perez does a better job than Albon or Gasly. I have given Perez a lot of stick, but that is where he comes into his own, I mean, I'd say. Uh, yeah, that's his, that's his probably his strongest skill in at time management. Oh, definitely, 100%. Who would you say is better, Perez or Hamilton? Oh, Hamilton, I think. I think at time management. There's times where I've seen Hamilton manage tyres, and I just think, how on earth does he do it? <laughs> I think like Monaco a few years ago. Do you know what I mean? He's, I think he's in a different class of his own now. Perez is still good, though, of course. Right, bold prediction time. What is one bold prediction for the US Grand Prix? Right, well, 
I'm thinking either Lando on the podium or Aston Martin's collide. I'm going to go Norris podium. I think Norris will. Norris. will but you just I, said Lewis Botver. Well, that's what I don't think will happen, but it wouldn't surprise me if Norris can get his nose in there. And I think like, like with that Mercedes engine in there and those long straights on the inside the McLaren, then I think he might be able to cause an upset. He could. I need to write your prediction down. My prediction is going to be that Valtteri Bottas maintains his momentum and wins the wins. US Grand Prix. Wins. I can't, I can't see Bottas winning a race where Hamilton doesn't have a penalty. Unless Verstappen manages to get, manages to get between them, I can't see it. But to be fair, what? I would love to see a race where Bottas is, is in front, Verstappen's second, Hamilton's third, and Bottas is trying to hold up Verstappen back into Hamilton. It's like a 2016 championship decider all over again, isn't it? When Lewis was trying to back Nico into the pack. Yeah. And especially with Hamilton, there's a a bit more desperation for Hamilton to get past Verstappen than there was for, I think it was Vettel, to get past Rosberg. So, I don't know. I'd love to see that scenario play out. But I do think... I mean, even though Bottas did have the edge on Hamilton a couple of years ago, I think it's Hamilton's this year. Well, you never know. Momentum, you're only as good as your last race, as they say you're in Formula indeed. 1. And Valtteri Bottas had an absolute barnstormer of a last race. So, we oh, will see. We will see. And something I've never done before, but I'm just going to just thought of it, so I'm going to do it now. I want yes. your surprise of the weekend. Who Ooh. do you think is going to be the biggest surprise? I'm, I've I'm really put you on the spot here, because I didn't I'm tell you we were going to do this. I'm going to go Gasly top five. Ooh, Gaz top five. The Gazman. And I am going to go for Nikita... No, Nicholas, Ooh. sorry. Not Nikita Latifi. Ooh. Nicholas Latifi. Go on, say points. it. I, I, points. I, 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 points. I can see you, the way you puckered your lips, then I was going to say points. <laughs> I, I, was, I was debating between points. points and Q3. Q3? So I've gone with... Ooh. Well, that it's possible. Really I don't know what Williams will be like in Kota. I can't. I can't. Kota's it's quite windy, isn't it? It's Kota windy. That's what I was going to ask. It's, it's, it's in the middle of the desert, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm not oh. an expert on. Maybe I've been a bit ambitious there, then. Well, we'll see, will we? Well, you, you said it now. I've you got it in my head. It's going to be an incident-filled race. I've got that vibe. Is it? I think I so. I get a feeling it's going to be a race where maybe like one or two DNFs. I get that vibe. I don't, there I were none in. Were there any? No, there were none in Turkey. Yeah, which is rare for wet race, isn't it? Very rare, very rare. We had, as you said, had all the conditions. Oh no, they people the won't know you. People won't know you said that. The podcast oh, didn't well, come out. We had all the ingredients. <laughs> it had we all the ingredients. ingredients, but it tasted like. I won't say the word. It tasted terrible. Actually, it's no, like when terrible. you go to a beautiful posh restaurant and then you have your steak well done. Just disappointing. Mm. Or like you go somewhere nice and then sorry to everyone that has their steak well done. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, it... you, you go somewhere nice and you, and your mate ordered like, like chicken goujons, mate. You could get bird's eye instead. You know what I mean? You go somewhere nice and you order chicken goujons. What's what's all that about? <laughs> Just I mean, my drink everywhere. <laughs> I mean, I know this. I know that this is a Formula One podcast, but if you're that guy who is is who gets chicken goujons when you go out somewhere nice, mate, you need to have a look at yourself. Sorry. Right. Oh, I've got drink everywhere now. That really made me laugh. Um, do you mean? Do you know who I want to see the return of this weekend? I want to see the return of the guy that stood in the tower and went meow, meow, mm. as all the cars went past. I want to I see the return of him. Free, to be fair. Yeah, he really does. Uh, we've got a couple of people in our team at Kota this weekend. Hopefully, they have a really good time and see lots of action um, very quickly. A bit of bit of a quick quote that's just come in while we've been recording. Lando Norris has commented on being voted the most popular team in the F1 Global Fan Survey, so commented on McLaren being the most popular team. He said, I'm happy for the team. I guess I'm a small part of that, both Daniel and myself. Formula One, it's not just how well you can do on track. There's lots of other things, which I think is quite a nice quote. Yeah, I mean, too fair. McLaren are a very, very likeable team, especially if you're English, I think, or British. Very, yeah. very likeable team. And I think they are. they're quite fun-loving. They've got a very good driver pairing. People love Lando. People love Ricardo. So, I mean, do you think, I think McLaren are probably, they're very much the bandwagon team right now. I think if you're a new Formula 1 fan, you'll probably support McLaren, unless you really just, just love yeah. success. I've just seen a picture. That run up to Turn 1 is steep with the capital S. Steep, mate. It is couple, really steep. 
a couple of years ago when Jake Humphrey hosted um, Formula One. I don't know if, if you're old enough to remember Jake Humphrey. You won't know him Thank the, you. Um, I'm old enough to remember Jake Humphrey. In, in Formula One, though, or, or just for football? No, no, in Formula One. I remember okay. him hosting it. This was when I first yeah. started watching Formula One. Oh, Jake Humphrey okay. was at the wheel. Yeah, there was this thing where I think him and David Coulthard, they got a tennis ball, and one of them stood at the top of the hill, one at the bottom, they just dropped it. And the speed it picked up is honestly, like, it's it's similar in essence to a Rouge, how steep it is. Mm. Which is good, though. Mate, it promotes that late breaking. Maybe we'll see someone send it up the inside, I hope. It does, it does. And the one thing I will mention is that the last few races, Mr. Battery Bottas has had ridiculously good starts. So. Well, not that. Now you've cursed it. Well yeah, you've probably. It. He's but going backwards. Uh, Faith. That's I the think... thing. He's either rocket or he's absolutely awful. There's you know no I in the middle. The only thing I'm thinking though is that if he qualifies P2, I can see him going backwards because that track is really dusty in Austin. Yes, it Maybe is a one or three track. Mm, it is so like Russia. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. I think if he qualifies P2, it's, it entirely depends on who is next to him on the front row as to where he goes. If it's Max, he's sending it. If it's Lewis, he's not. I, so... I, I can see what happened is, is that Norris will be ahead of... Norris will qualify behind Bottas, but will be ahead of Bottas by turn one. Norris? Yeah. I think I think, I think think Norris will qualify a fourth or fifth. Or so, uh, fourth or fifth, yeah, it'll probably be Perez. And Bottas will have a bad start and he'll get up and it'll probably be... I, I can see the first corner being Hamilton, Verstappen, Norris. Ouch. Ouch. I mean, well, we'll see when we will see. Bottas was on pole in 2019. He he knows how to master a lap of yeah, that circuit. But he does, and but 2019 as well. It wasn't one of his lucky wins. It was a dominant drive. No, he done well that year. He done well. Well, we'll see when we we'll see. Max Verstappen's been voted the most popular driver in this driver survey, and he said, "That's what I always wanted, and now I can happily retire." Clearly, he doesn't want the championship. He just wants to be most popular. There you go. Who do you think is going to get the championship, Jay? Closing comment. Oh, who do I think is going to win? Who's winning? I think Hamilton. Ooh. I think that experience, that Naus, and I think Mercedes probably marginally have the better car. Will it go down all the way to Abu Dhabi? I think so. I, I think, right, Qatar, Verstappen, after Qatar, Verstappen will be winning... And Hamilton will reel him in in Saudi and Abu Dhabi. But, mate, you've got to be a brave man to call it. You've got to be a brave man. Saudi Arabia looks difficult to overtake at. Um, I think it will be Lewis. I think it will be Lewis decided at Abu Dhabi. I think the constructors will be decided before Abu Dhabi. I think it will be maybe Qatar or Saudi. Yeah, because Mercedes are beginning to run away with that now. And, you know, obviously I want Mercedes to win the Constructors because that's who that's who Bottas races for before I buy all of my Alfa Romeo merch I, for I next year. I cannot wait for next year on, on one of these podcasts to see you in red and white. You'll see it. You'll see it. I just can't wait for Bottas to get his first. The thing is, right, we're talking about Alfa Romeo. We have been for ages like they're a downgrade. It I might mean, not they, be. They, it uh, might be a massive, for all we know, Haas could be yeah. the quickest team. We really don't know. We don't, but... I feel like a clutch in its jaws there for would be the quickest team. I think it, it, it will be one of the big four teams. Matt, you think it will be McLaren? Ripple for Mercedes see, McLaren. I mean, maybe Aston Martin, but I think it might be a bit too early for them. But I think it will be one of the top four teams this season. It will be the team to beat next year. You see, I have a bad feeling that Alpine are going to plummet in these new regulations That's and be better. I don't know. It's just they're the only team that I haven't seen anything from them being like we know what we're doing next year we're doing next year's car we are going to be good next year Alfa Romeo for everything into next year's car they're currently at 50 million below the um budget you're right they got MotoGP outside your window again yeah sorry. they're currently about 50 million below the um the budget that they can spend and they're putting everything into next year as are obviously Haas as are lots of other teams Aston Martin mm. I've just heard they're rather, Alpine have been either very quiet because they know they've got something good mm. or they're a little bit worried. To be fair, the whole structure of the Alpine team, you know, Martin Bukowski, I don't know what he really does. Is he the principal? He's kind of like a principal, but he's not quite a principal. I don't know, actually. I don't know. I, I can kind of see what you're saying with Alpine. They, they are a bit of a baffling team, but you watch it be Arcon and Alonso 1-2 in Bahrain. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now I've said that, they're just going to gonna absolutely run away with it. 
I believe that is all we have for today's show. Do you mm. have any closing comments, Mr. J? Closing comment is, it's good to see F1 outside of Europe. I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to seeing that I've raced on late on a Sunday and qualifying late on yes. a Saturday. Qualifying is 10 till 11. It, it, that's a vibe. Is that is such a vibe. 10 to 11? Is 10 to 11, oh. yeah. Oh, is it? I thought it was 8 till 10. 8 no, till 9 even. 8 till 10. No, 10 till 11. Mad. You, wow, you're Googling it now because you don't believe me. I am. I promise no, you I it's 10 till 11. I believe you. I just... <laughs> I can't believe it. Okay, go on. You do your, you, you do your closing thought and then... I don't have any closing thoughts. I was asking you. My closing thoughts are well, that... I'm asking you. I reckon that the second drivers are going to play a much bigger role than we all realise. <gasps> 10 to 11? Jeez, oh, you was not lying. No. That is crazy. Mad. Mate, that is mad. Fair enough. Yeah, 10 to 11. It will be interesting, but I'm very excited for it. There's something I love about getting up early in the morning. It's just as cool staying up late mm. for a Do Grand Prix. Know, I miss the, the excitement like builds in the day. It's like 6am, you get up really early to watch it. Or like Australia or something like that. So yeah, looking forward to it. Oh, actually, before we finish this podcast, one thing I did realise earlier, uh, Sid Orkova, who is a W Series driver, is no longer competing in W Series this year because she couldn't get a visa for America as a Russian driver. So why are Nikita Mazepin and Danny Kvyat both allowed in Russia? What is going on there? Maybe they're bigger names, but... I don't really want to get too much into sporting corruption on a Friday night. No, Thursday, but it doesn't sit right. It doesn't sit right with mm, me. It's a Thursday night, Jay. Oh, this is what I was going to mention. Final thing. I'm sorry the end of this podcast has been a shambles. I'm thinking of things off the top of my head. Uh, did you see Charles Leclerc ended up in New York instead of Austin? How do you I even How do you manage oh, that? I didn't see that. Oh, I saw he was at, well, him and Gasly were at some NBA game. That looked pretty cool. He just, he just got on the wrong plane. The NFL game in London last week at that smelly stadium in North London. Anyway. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Sorry, it's the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, the best stadium in the world. Thank you very Let's much. Not bring football into Formula One. Um, no, I didn't know that actually. That's um, isn't it? Isn't it crazy how literally got like millions of pounds spent on him for travel every year and he ends up in the wrong city and pretty far. I mean, I'm an expert, but New York to Austin is a pretty long way away. Yeah, yeah, that would be quite a trek. Anything else to say before we finish the podcast and let our lovely listeners go and enjoy their breakfast, lunch or dinner? No, I don't actually. Make sure you enjoy. Make sure you're five a day. That's all I've got to say. Five a day. Very important for all those kids listening. Five a day. Um, Next week, we will have the next edition of the Nerds vs. Fans quiz. Charlotte lost the last one, so can the Nerds regain their title? Charlotte is on it again, I believe. So hopefully she gets it back. Fingers crossed. But we will see everyone next week. Thank you very much for listening. Please, please, please give Formula Nerds a follow on Facebook. Give Formula Nerds a follow on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Go visit FormulaNerds.com where you can find beautiful articles. articles. I know you said artichokes there. Beautiful articles written by Jay, written by myself, written by all the writers we have at Formula Nerds. Please go on iTunes and give us a five-star review because we will love you forever and ever and ever. Jay, thank you very much for joining me on this Thursday evening and let's hope we both enjoy Austin. Can't wait. Neither can I. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see everyone next week. Goodbye.